Hey everyone, welcome to episode 26 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host Andy Corrigan, with me as always is Ginny Wu and Andrew Brown. How have your weeks been? Um, it's been good. Um, the Switch releases have slowed down a little bit, which has been nice, so I've had some breathing room. But um, yeah, quiet week for me. It's been an unexpected week for me. Care to elaborate? <laughs> uh, when, when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, actually, I think I know what you're alluding to now, so yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, so updates from last week. You guys got anything? Uh, I haven't got a, a great deal. I've just been getting through Xenoblade and working my way through Kirby. Uh, I understand I'm on the final world of that, but it's a bit longer than the others, so I'm just chipping away at it a couple of levels a day. Mm. Uh, still really enjoying it, still really like it. Actually, I saw the uh, the wife finish it the other week and it goes dark quite at the end, but yeah, I'll, I'll get onto that once I've finished it, so yeah. I have to keep reminding myself it's your first Kirby game. Yeah. That often yeah. happens. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, yeah, like Shades of Bayonetta or something right at the end. It was really weird, but anything from you, Andrew? No, it's all new for me this week. Cool. At least one of us is on the new stuff. Uh, so with that, let's move on to the latest Switch news. So it's been a, a busy week for Switch-related news as uh, Nintendo hosted a Nindies event, revealing some of the new stuff they've got coming out from indie developers. Uh, and they also took time to celebrate some of their best-selling indie games in the first year. So it revealed in no particular order. We have SteamWorld Dig 2, Stardew Valley, Kamiko, Celeste, Fast RMX, Golf Story, Enter the Gungeon, Overcooked Special Edition, NBA Playgrounds, and Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Uh, any surprises missing from the list from you guys, or anything you'd, you'd, you'd prefer to see swapped out if you were picking a, a top 10? Or... Where's Darkest Dungeon? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was surprising. I'm surprised to see Fast RMX in there, but I guess it was kind of one of those first out the gate when it first launched. For a couple months, it was one of the very few things on the eShop, so I even bought it myself just to have something to play, so it doesn't surprise me to see it in there. Uh, same with NBA Playgrounds, I guess. that That is not a great game, but it's okay. Kamiko is great, but I'm sure it's pretty much in there just from the price alone. Yeah, I think so too. Am I the only one who actually owns every single one of these games of us three? <laughs> I think so, yeah. You would be. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wanted to check. <laughs> <laughs> totally happy to see SteamWorld Dig and uh, Golf Story in there. That's cool. Mm. I expected Celeste to be there, even though it's been out for the shortest time out of all of those. It got a lot of buzz when it came out. Yeah, a lot of hype for that one. Uh, which some of us got sucked into. That would be me. <laughs> you cannot escape. <laughs> so let's uh, have a look at the, the new stuff that was announced. Well, some of it's old stuff, I guess, but being re-released on the Switch. There is uh, Mark of the Ninja Remastered. Uh, this is a stealth platformer that I was heaps interested in when it came out on 360, I think it was. But never got around to it, so that, that would be a good one, I think, for me. Yeah, I'm interested in getting it. I've heard lots of good things about this game, although I, I really can't uh, say that I really know anything about it, although the main character's name is Mark, but he's a ninja, uh, and he's pure white with red tattoos, and I'm like, where have I seen that before? Hmm. 
<laughs> but it's got a really good reputation, so I'm interested to play it. Fantasy Strike, as one of the team's fighting game fans, I'm I'm totally down for that. It's uh, one that apparently takes the focus off combo memorization and places it instead on strategy, uh, which is my favorite element about fighters, because like, my love of Street Fighter comes about mainly because you could play 10 Ryus in a row and, and not one would have the same game plan, which is very cool. Uh, the visual style reminded me a lot of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, so yeah, color me interested. This is the only game that I can say I have absolutely no interest in. Yeah, not particularly <laughs> keen on it either. I, I still don't think it's going to beat um, Tag Team Heroines, but, you know, never mind. Just Beats and Shapes. Uh, now, from hearing the concept of that, I, I was going to pass on it, but then I heard the music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I'm all in. So yeah, bring that on. So it's like a, a bullet hell game, apparently, but it seems to have the sort of platforming elements as well. So yeah, it looks really good. It reminds me of the PSN game Sound Shapes, and I'm wondering if there's uh, some development crossover there, because it looks very similar in concept and appearance. Yeah, I had that in my uh, show notes, it re- that it reminded me of Sound Shapes. Moving on, we've got... Uh, Garage, which looks a bit like a Hotline Miami style horror game. They say it uh, focuses on like video nasties of the 80s. Looks interesting. Uh, not in my immediate radar, I don't think, but I'll be keeping an eye on it. We've got another Adult Swim game title coming in Pool Panic, which looks like this uh, really oddball, more of a puzzler by the looks of it. Uh, looks kind of cool. I, I dug the art style, but again, it's not one that's probably on my immediate radar. Well, we'll just have to uh, Battle Chef Brigade it again, where Junie and I will have to be so enthusiastic about it, you'll yeah. have to buy it. And then you'll get sucked <laughs> into it, and it'll be too late. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Uh, then we had Bomb Chicken, which is a 2D platforming puzzler with bombs that look cool and chickens <laughs> and chicken and chickens yeah and I think I'm a gonna bomb get it. laying chicken yeah there's there's a lot of chicken games coming out recently i love them <laughs> it's actually quite funny because it's basically like a platform where you're meant to discover the secret of the games the in-game version of kfc called the bfc <laughs> and you're meant to discover the darkest kept secret of that food chain so, I mean, that plot sounds bizarre, and I love cute chickens, so I'm definitely going to get it. Now I'm thinking of that urban myth that reckons that KFC breeds chickens without beaks and feathers. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> then uh, another one a lot of people are excited for, me included, uh, mm-hmm. Lumines Remastered. Now I, was, I always pronounced it Lumens. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is he saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I got it on 360, but I love the Vita version. It was a good fit on that, so same again on uh, Switch, I think. I haven't played it before, but it looks like it's got all the stuff that I like. Shiny things, puzzles, and a great soundtrack, so I'll probably get it. Yeah, down for all those things. Uh, next up, Reigns, Kings, and Queens. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, a double pack of both the iOS games, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played it yet, um, it's similar to the theme that's central to the game Moon Hunters, which we've talked about on the podcast. So basically, you play a series of rotating monarchs, kings or queens, after you have to run a country. Your, all your decisions are made sort of swiping left or right on certain cards, 
And so you can affect everything from politics to like an arranged marriage to the agricultural industry in your kingdom. And basically you just keep going until you piss someone off and they assassinate you. And so you just play the entire ancestral tree all the way through. If you like a, I guess, I wouldn't really call it a puzzle game of sorts. I guess it's just like a random number generator, see what you can get kind of game. But it is fun. Um, I, lo- I loved it on iOS. I thought it was really interesting on iOS. So I'll probably get it again. It's like um, Kingdom Ruling with uh, Tinder as your yeah, exactly. call input. Yeah. Any comments on that one, Andrew? Uh, I was interested in it, but now I'm actually less interested in it after Jenny's oh. description. <laughs> <laughs> now we we might have to uh, battle Chef Brigade you then. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm probably going to get it anyway because it already comes highly recommended from a friend of mine who uh, is constantly trying to get me to play mobile games, and I'm like, nah, no, nah, it's all right. No, thanks. Because he, <laughs> he develops mobile games, so he, he takes it kind of uh, personally that I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> but... I was interested in this. It looked like a cool concept, but now that I'm hearing that, like, you just you play through it till it ends, I was kind of looking at it more like as an actual game where there's a win and a lose scenario. I, d- I don't know. I'll definitely play it, but I'm a little disappointed to hear that it's just kind of a simulator. Fair enough. Uh, Lightfall uh, looks really interesting, so I'd call it a Celeste-style platformer. Uh, but instead you have the ability to generate a platform to jump from or wall bounce from. Um, seemingly at any time, I'm sure there's mechanics involved in how often you can abuse that. Like Celeste, it'll have a speedrun mode. I would have passed, I think, but it looks utterly beautiful. And uh, fresh off from beating Celeste, I'm, I'm down for more games of this ilk now, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that one. Yeah, the Switch has really reminded me how much I love platformers. Uh, so Lightfall will definitely be a day one purchase for me. Um, West of Loathing, now this is the Stickman Cowboy Simulator thing. Yeah, it looked interested, and I've, I've seen a lot of people highly recommending it. Uh, not sure it's one for me, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Next up is Pude, uh, which is like a co-op ex- exploration platformer. Main theme is like a rock trying to escort a fallen star back home. Uh, Ginny, you were just uh, fawning over this one. It looks so cute. I'm sorry. I just have this soft spot for things that look adorable, so I'll probably get it. Um, And apparently it's meant to showcase the art and culture of Norway. Mm. So it could be interesting to have a look at to see what sort of motifs they invoke, because I don't think that's a setting that's very commonly used in this kind of aesthetic. So yeah, I'll probably pick it up. But I might wait a bit, because I've already said I'll pick it up to like three things so far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, next up was The Messenger, which has been on the horizon for a while. Previously, they've only shown it as a 8-bit Shinobi-style platformer, but there's a, a twist now where it involves time travel, and you can actually switch between 8-bit and 16-bit graphics. Uh, a few people excited about it. I'm interested. I, I, let's see how that one pans out. Yeah, it's on my list too, but just cause like I said, platformers. I am all here for them making a comeback. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that, I, especially since Mario, Celeste, and even Kirby is, is an easy, not really a platformer platformer. Mm. Next up, we have Bad North, mm-hmm. which was one of my highlights from the, the Nindies video. I thought that it looked really cool. It's like a real-time tactics game where you defend a little island from the invasion of Vikings. The small islands makes it look like it's good fit for bite-sized gameplay, which would fit the Switch as a a portable game. 
Yeah, and it's procedurally generated too, which uh, procedural generation, you know, it seems like every game lately uses that, not always to particularly interesting effect, but I don't think I've seen a real-time strategy game that uses it, so I'm definitely, it's on my radar. I think it might be the game I'm most interested in from this Nintendo Direct they've just shown us. Hmm. I, I really love that clean art style. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's beautiful, minimalistic. Love it. <laughs> now the one that was the highlight for me uh, was Banner Saga. Yes. So they announced Banner Saga three is coming in spring, I think. However, they also announced that Banner Saga one and two are coming soon. Mm-hmm. Now this is a series I've been wanting to play for ages, but I have just been refusing to, despite having it. The first one on PS Plus and the second one on Games of the Gold, I have just been withholding because I've been so hopeful for a Switch version. And I was tweeting about it months ago, and the developers messaged me saying, Hey, we're going to look into it once we finish three. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like, Okay, cool, I'm definitely waiting. And it's coming, and I can't wait. And this weird fantasy Viking saga with Mass Effect style choices. And yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm super keen. I've got both one and two. Um, but I never actually finished them on PC, and I've got them in like multiple on multiple platforms as well. I just haven't finished it. But if anything will get me to finish a game. It's probably going to be the game coming to Switch, so it's going to be a rebuy for me. Yeah, same boat here. I think I have them on a couple subscription services like PS Plus and Twitch Prime mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I just I just never played them. I'm a little disappointed that the third one is going to come before the first and the second one because I definitely want to play the first and second one first just because I don't want to play the third one and love it then go back to the first and second one and be like, oh, I wish that mechanic was in this. It was much more refined. So I'd like to play them in order. So I will probably not be playing the third one as soon as it comes out, but it will definitely play it once the entire trilogy is out. Cool. I actually think it's one that uh, D&D fans would get a kick out of as well. Oh, not, yeah, not just, for sure. not, not just from the story or the choices, but the combat is just D&D to a T, and by that it's a turn-based strategy game. But yeah, you know what I mean. Then we also have announced outside of the Direct, uh, Hyperlight Drifter, which everyone's been like super happy about. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another one I think I own from subscription services, uh, but I haven't played it. I've never even really looked into it. Either of you two been waiting for this one? Yeah, so I've had it on my Steam wishlist ever since it came out. But um, all the reviews I read of it on Steam were like, oh, like, handles better on controller, or like, blah, blah, blah. And then I read some other review of a console one, and it was like, oh, handles better on PC. And I was like, you know what, forget it. I'll just never get it. Now that it's coming on the Switch, I probably will, because I actually did some digging on it um, in the, like, two years I had it on my wishlist. And apparently it's got, like, a really eccentric, comprehensive storyline. And it's got, like, great environmental storytelling and, like, ridiculously comprehensive lore. Kind of gives me transistor vibes for some reason. Maybe it's the whole, like, sword and desperation combination. But I really dug that game. And I love the aesthetic that Hyperlight Drifter has. So I'm definitely going to get this one. I've been aware of Hyperlight Drifter for a long time. Just, like, I'm aware that it exists, but I don't really know anything about it. I actually thought it was a side-scrolling hack-and-slash platformer, so I was kind of taken aback to see the video of it, and it's a top-down <laughs> uh, action game. I, uh, mm. So that that surprised me, but I don't know the character's name. Is it Hyperlight Drifter? He, he's a guest character in Brawlout. Yeah. I got my butt handed to me several times by people online playing as him, so <laughs> I'm interested in the character. He looks like a, a cool character in the very 
corporate sense of what cool means, and <laughs> I want to try it just from the hype. Mm. Uh, I missed this one, uh, Crashlands. I have no idea what it is. Anyone? It's probably a racing game, from my memory. Uh, no, it's some kind of survival adventure game, from what I've read oh. about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. It looked a little awkward when I was looking at it. The walking animations, I was like, that doesn't look like it's very much fun to control. But I'm, I will probably give it a chance. I do like a good survival game, if it's, you know, a good survival game, which most of them aren't. But uh, I might give it a shot. Uh, and lastly, Nidhogg 2. Uh, a yeah. big fan of the first one. I never checked the second one. Um, I know a lot of people were really put off by the art style, but the the base of the game is still pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, Nidhogg seems to be in competition with itself to make the most visually unappealing games I've ever seen. <laughs> so I I can't say that I'm going to get this one, but I might check out the original if it shows up. Yeah, I count me in that camp of people who looked at Nidhogg 2 and be like, ew, what is that? <laughs> I like its existence as like this little mini non-fighting game that is just about direction and momentum, and there's there's some really cool things you can do. I enjoyed the first one, so so let's take a look at some of this week's releases. Okay, so once again, I have bought and played absolutely nothing new. Slacker. <laughs> I have been using this slower trickle of games to get through A. Kirby and B. Xenoblade Chronicles, mm-hmm. which I'm still enjoying, but they're all odd stuff, so no one's in this segment for that. So uh, tell me what you're playing. Let's start with Ginny. Okay, so I was playing Swim Out um, and No Thing. Um, I'll probably go through Swim Out first because it's the easiest to explain. So Swim Out is a minimalist puzzle game based on grid movement. It kind of reminds me of that game that um, I used to play growing up where like you fit blocks inside like a, a little square and you have to get the truck from one end to another. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Does Andy know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, describe it some more and maybe I'll get <laughs> Okay. So it's like, so you've got like a set grid maybe it's like 20 squares or something and there are various obstacles inside the grid and when you when you move the obstacles move as well in like a set direction depending on where they're facing and you have to navigate around them to get out of the grid okay yeah i'm with you now yeah yeah so swim out is basically that um except replace the obstacles with other swimmers and the truck in the in the physical game with uh with i guess you a swimmer um so your job is to swim out from one end of the pool to another um, which is a lot harder than I'm making it sound right now. It starts off quite simple, like you navigate around one swimmer and they swim in one direction, you know, and you just do not bump into them in order to succeed. But after a couple levels, they really up the difficulty, so there'll be swimmers who cross two grid squares at once, or can go in more than one direction, or change direction midway through as they're swimming, and the maps get bigger and bigger and more complicated. And there are also elements like people throwing beach balls at you, don't ask me why. Um, jets of water sh- shooting out at you. Also, don't ask me why. But um, they all kind of provide crowd control elements that will affect you or the other swimmers. So it's basically one long escape the labyrinth type game, but with swimming. From what I've heard, there's about seven worlds, I guess, worth of swimming 
with a handful of levels in each one. I'm only on world three, so I am not incredibly good at this game, and I have to admit, I kind of got a bit stuck. So <laughs> this game is definitely harder than it sounds, but you don't feel pressure to play it. You know, like the music is really soothing and really nice, and the sort of like natural sounds like water splashing, children running around by the pool, like just those effects are quite relaxing. So if you're looking for a game to kind of play on your commute, maybe, like, do, like, a couple of puzzles, it kind of feels like that, like a low-pressure mobile game. So if that's what you're on the market for, I can highly recommend it. I think the aesthetic is really cool, and, like I said, the music is great, and you don't feel bad for not getting a puzzle right. So if it wasn't doing your downtime, you should check out Swim Out. But on the other hand, uh, the other game I've been playing is, like, a complete 180. It is super stressful. It is horrifically stressful. I don't know, maybe it's because... Not in a way that makes me bounce off it, but it just is incredibly stressful and tension-inducing. <laughs> Do either of you know about, like, vaporwave music? The best music ever. Okay, great, excellent. So, um, Andy, do you know about about vaporwave music? I've never heard of it used as a genre, but go on. Okay, so as long as you can, like, envision what you think I'm... If you can hear in your head what I'm describing, that's fine. So basically, you... <laughs> no thing is set in a capitalist dystopia much like our lives currently i was gonna <laughs> and, uh, you beat me to that one yeah you basically play as like a lowly office drone like you're literally told that you're like worthless and that you're worth nothing and you're basically an office drone going throughout your daily job at work but how this is all sort of acted out yeah it's like an endless runner and all you can do is turn left or right to navigate it and as you're navigating some computer just drones at you and it drones just completely um, random, irrelevant things. Like, it says things like, you know, like, I'm watching you. Or, like, I'm inside you. Or, like, just some really weird, creepy stuff. What? <laughs> but it's actually, it's kind of, like, from what I've heard, because I had to look it up, because I was getting so disorientated playing it, because this thing would be, like, yelling at me. And then the music is, like, sort of churning and going up in the background, and I'm sort of running off platforms and falling multiple levels and just screaming inside. So I had to look up what people thought it was saying. And apparently it's like a control chip in your character's head where like you hear mumbling and the government's like blacking it out and trying to show you like trying to play acceptable words at you. Like you it's like a it's like an audiovisual feast, alright? Like the aesthetic, I can't describe it. It is like a sea sea punk vapor wave type look where everything's incredibly disorientating. The levels look like facsimiles of office buildings and office paraphernalia, but you're not quite sure. There's this giant disembodied heads everywhere. It looks and plays like someone's bad acid trip, but I just can't stop. Like, it stresses me out so much because I'm just, like, auditorily overwhelmed by all the feedback I'm getting from the game visually and in my ear holes. But I just can't stop playing it because I actually want to see what happens if the story actually goes anywhere. But I find the premise interesting, the aesthetic very, very unique. It is also incredibly cheap. Like, you could buy a pie for more than what this game costs in the eShop. And I think if you're at all remotely curious about what it's like, you should definitely go ahead and play it. It sounds like a scarier version of the Stanley Parable. Or I was thinking Thumper crossed with Black Mirror. It definitely feels a very, very Black Mirror, but not as scary as Thumper. Not as in your face as Thumper. It's kind of more the, the constant droning along that you can't comprehend. And it's sort of saying strange things to you about your family and about how you don't want to move forward in life and you don't have any goals or anything. It's a little dark. 
But um, it is like $4, so... <laughs> cool. So, Andrew, you've been playing Fair Effect Sedna? Yeah, I was surprised. I was aware of the Fear Effect series. I thought it had been continuing all this time in a low-key way, but I guess they haven't released any since the PlayStation 1. So this was kind of the game big comeback, and I don't think we'll be hearing from Fear Effect again. <laughs> that well, eh? It, it presents itself, like if you're just looking at screenshots or like a video of it, it looks like a... 3D isometric uh, strategy game, you know, something along the lines of XCOM or maybe Valkyria Chronicles, uh, but it's it's really, 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 really not. There's a pretension there of it being a tactical strategy game, but the AI is so idiotic that you really can't do it. You can pause the game and you can give individual instructions to all the characters and then have them play those instructions out in real time, but the AI is not smart enough for it to really happen. In the very first level in the training mission, when it introduced that mechanic to me, I moved both of my characters in behind crates, which I assumed they would take cover behind and then open fire on the enemies in the room. They ran up behind the crates and then stood there and did nothing. (laughs) So luckily... The enemy AI is also dumb enough that it is entirely viable for you to just stand in place and just fire at them until they die. Uh, The strategy is non-existent, but the combat is dumb enough that it doesn't matter. Wow. This is weird, because wasn't the original like a Resident Evil? Yeah, it was... I haven't played Fear Effect 1 or 2. I don't have a lot of information about them. I'm pretty sure that they are survival horror games, because what the Fear Effect refers to is a game mechanic where your characters have their heart rate monitored at all times. And the higher their heart rate goes, then they take more damage, but they also deal more damage. So you kind of got to control your character's heart rate and monitor all their status. And that's where the survival horror thing kind of comes in, because you do fight monsters in this game, and they are more likely to terrify your character and get them into more trouble. But... The fear effect mechanic is in Sedna, but I completely ignored it. I forgot it was there most of the time because it didn't (laughs) seem to actually matter. It's not a very long game. I got through it in like five hours and I was actually surprised when it ended because it just kind of ends. I thought there would be another couple more hours of plot, but you get sucked through this portal into this place and then you fight a monster and then the game is over. Uh, (laughs) But I will say this. Oh, I did enjoy one thing in it is there were some very old school puzzles in there. I'm talking like 90s adventure style puzzles where you were given incredibly obscure clues, uh, esoteric clues even, and you have to use those to unlock a door. Like the one that had me stuck the longest and I only managed to get through it because somebody in my Twitch channel figured out the solution for me and told me what it was, was uh, you have a a door lock with a number pad on it, and the only clues you get are a sign that says Sedna on it, and the colors of the letters are a little different uh, for the S, and then it also has four written on it in Roman numerals. And on the other side of the room, there's a poster with the four different points of a compass on it, and then next to each point, there's actually the degree of the angle on it, and you're supposed to use all those clues to figure out the door puzzle. But the thing is... There's actually nothing in there that actually tells you that that those 
details in the room are the solutions to the puzzle. So you do spend a lot of time in these rooms just wandering around looking at details, trying to find the things that you're expected to look at so you can figure out the solutions. So if you're into really hard puzzles, Fear Effect Sedna actually has some pretty good ones. I was actually very impressed with that aspect of the game, but uh, it's a very small part of the game, and you have to go through some just really horrifically bad shooting sequences to get to them, so it's it's not worth it. This is a very much do-not-buy game. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and lastly, this really probably should have been in updates from last week, but it's relied enough on new stuff this week that it doesn't matter. Attack on Titan 2, we were all waiting in bated breath as Jimmy <laughs> horrified you last week with stories of anime tropes and anime storylines, things that are not very dear to your heart. You were, you'd already paid for it and you weren't sure whether you were going <laughs> to like it. How do you feel? Put us out of our misery. Well, it definitely is, I can tell. Okay, again, yeah. let me preface this. I've never seen the Attack on Titan anime. <laughs> I've never read the shonen manga. I know absolutely nothing about this thing except that a couple years back, people were posting lots of memes from the credit sequence. That is everything from Attack on Titan I've seen. So I didn't know anything about the story or about the characters. Uh, so I can tell just from playing it, this definitely is a self-insert fanfic retelling of mm-hmm. the beginning of the manga or the anime or whatever it is this is based off of because you do make an original character and then he's just kind of there for <laughs> the events going on he could really not be there and it wouldn't make any difference <laughs> but i didn't mind that so much because again i have no experience with the attack on titan media so it's all new to me but I did get a little ways into the plot, and at first I was really enjoying it because I really thought it was just this group of tiny people being devoured by monsters and they're trying to survive, which was a story that I thought was really cool. But then I found out about Aaron's whole deal. <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then I found out Armin is supposed to be a boy, which confused the hell out of me. How did you not know that? Because Armin looks like a girl and his VA is a woman. I thought Armin was a girl. So (laughs) the anime stuff is definitely arising that I'm not into. But the gameplay, which is what really matters. That's fun. Yeah. It's a fun game uh, because you have these grappling devices that every character is equipped with that you can use to fly around these giant cities like Spider-Man kind of. Uh, Spider-Man is the easiest thing to compare it to, but it really works very differently from web-slinging. And in fact, I think one of my biggest complaints about the game design is I'm having a really hard time getting loft when I'm grappling, so I often fly into the sides of buildings and have to climb up them, which is kind of disrupting to the speed and the flow. That, I think, is my biggest complaint about the movement. And the reason I was interested in Attack on Titan was because I'm kind of having Musou withdrawals with Hyrule Warriors being so close. And this game looked like a Musou, and from what I played of it, it is not necessarily a Musou, but it definitely feels like one. Like, you know how when you're playing a Musou and it gives you an event mission that you have to do, but there's so many pop-ups on the screen and so many notifications being thrown at you, by the time you get over to the event and finish it, you're just now getting the 
pop-up that tells you that you're supposed to be going and doing it. That happened to me repeatedly in this. Just the entire flow of this game reminded me of a Musou, and just fighting the Titans, too, which is really fun. And I was concerned, because that's really all that there is to this game, is fighting Titans. And mm -hmm. you grapple onto a Titan, and you can target either its neck, which is an instant kill point, or you can target its limbs to get a bonus material for killing it, which you can use for upgrades. And you fly around it in a circle, and then you release the joystick, and that'll launch you towards the Titan. And then you can time it, so that way you lop their head off, or you lop their arms off. And that's all you do. And I was concerned that this would get old. I've played about six to eight hours of it now, and it hasn't gotten old yet. <laughs> I'm working my way through the story mode, and I am getting a little disinterested with what's happening in the story, just because with the way it's being told, and there's these constant breaks where you can talk to characters, and there's Fire Emblem-style relationship values that you can raise with each character. I'm kind of just putting up with that, but there is an alternate mode in this, and it's called just another mode for some reason, but I took a look at it, and it looks like it's a sandbox mode, where you just go in and you pick the game type you want to play, it sticks you together with a bunch of other players, and you just fight some titans in a city or out in the wilderness, and then you can upgrade your character, and there's like 30 some odd characters it looks like you can unlock to play in this mode. I think it's going to be like Resident Evil Revelations 2, where the campaign, it's good. I'm glad it's there. But that is not what you pay money for. You're paying money for the multiplayer mode. So I'm really looking forward to getting to that once I finish the story. Okay, cool. Um, that actually makes me want to play it more now, but probably just for the campaign, if I'm honest. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, you surprised me. Yeah, I, I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. I mean, I, I am kind of bouncing off the story after once i've gotten a little deeper into it and i'm seeing oh there's the tropes i don't like uh but yeah. killing titans is fun and i'm all there for that so it's now time of course for uh super smash brothers for switch predictions yay ready go <laughs> Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my prediction this time, I changed it at the death, but uh, I think that we're going to see Detective Pikachu as a playable character. Or at least a skin for Pikachu. Yeah, maybe. But maybe if they could tie in some of the new game's mechanics with his combat set, that'd be cool. Uh, what about you guys? What are your predictions? Um, I think a Splatoon map in Smash Switch because they're adding the Splatoon characters seems pretty logical to have. Solid choice, I think. Yeah, I think that's almost certain. The question is, which map is it going to be based on? I'm going to vote for Walleye Warehouse because Walleye Warehouse is the best Splatoon map and I will hear no argument otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know them by name, so I can't really comment on that one. It could be like on one of the Salmon Run maps, I think. The, the layout of those maps is small enough, I think, to and translatable enough, to, including like including stuff like the Salmonids and Octolings dropping in and stuff. That would be quite good. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be a good level obstacle that would translate mm -hmm. well to Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. But my actual prediction is I think 
and this is an easy one, this is practically a gimme, there will be a new stage based on Breath of the Wild. Yeah, surely. Yeah, I think so. But I'm hoping that they're going to be a little more ambitious than they have been with a lot of the stages they did in Smash 4, where they were like complete recreations of that environment from the game, but you weren't really in the environment. You were just standing on just a flat field that just kind of flies around the level. Mm -hmm. I hope they're a little more ambitious than that. Like an adaptation of the Great Plateau would be cool, or maybe a level set around the blighted Hyrule Castle. That would be cool to do. Yeah, with guardians and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But if it is one of those flyover levels, I'll be a little disappointed. I'd love it if they had like uh, the outside the castle with the guardians and if link isn't involved then he's running around in the background fighting the guardians okay uh so what are we all playing in this coming week i'm probably gonna play the new toki tori which comes out um i played toki tori 2 and i loved it and you all already know i like games about cute chickens so i'm gonna play toki tori it looks like it's real cheap it's going for like a fiver or something so that'll be me yeah i think this this is the original one i think so mm. Yeah. And then I'll try and bust through the rest of Swim Out, although that might be futile because I apparently am really horrific at these puzzles, but we'll see. <laughs> um, and then I'll see how far I get and know things so I can explain the story better the next time and see if anything actually comes out of it. And as usual, chucking along with Lost Fear. Uh, have you got any further? Mm, I played like an hour <laughs> this week. <laughs> Uh, I, I I can't help but take responsibility for killing your enthusiasm for that. But... Actually, it was like twenty people on Twitter that had the same reaction uh, as you, so, okay. so it was a group I'm glad effort. I'm not alone on yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Andrew? What are you playing? Uh, I'm going to carry on with Attack on Titan Two. I'd like to finish the campaign in the coming week, and there's a new puzzle game coming out called Warp Shift that I'm going to look at. And time permitting, I'm also going to pick up Opus Rocket of Whispers because I played the first Opus, so dang it, I'm going to play the sequel. No, I I definitely want that, but I don't want to pick it up until I've caught up a little, so let's see how we go on that one. Uh, Me, I'm just going to continue my playthrough on Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because I absolutely do want to finish it. My plan is uh, just going by the original game, if I hit a wall of difficulty... Uh, I'm just going to knock it down to easy and not look back. I think I just want it done and out the way. However, I haven't sort of hit that yet. I've had a couple of struggles with bosses, but nothing I haven't been able to overcome. I feel like the game paces your leveling better than the previous game, but I'm I'm sort of just following the story chain at this point and not bothering with side missions until I have to, so I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to come a cropper at some point. I'm definitely going to have Kirby finished by the end of next week, so yeah. Look out for that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Why not also check out our YouTube channel, where we regularly upload the first hour of many of the games we play. I am streaming most of the games we talk about on this show, and you can watch me at twitch.tv slash playcritically. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. If you'd like to give us additional support, you can also buy us a coffee where details are on our website. Thanks in advance. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Andy is at Flame Roast Toast, Ginny is at Ginny Woes, and I am at 
play critically. Yeah, finger guns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's your ending right there. That's me. Finger guns. 